you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of life. To starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is The Andy Stort Show. Let's go. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Andy Storch Show. I am your host, Andy Storch, and this is a show where we can come together to starve our fears, to follow our dreams, and to fulfill our true potential. And I have a great conversation for you today with someone who has been doing that and who has been helping other people do that as he has shared his journey and been running a great podcast in the same space of personal growth. And today my conversation is with Justin Shank. And Justin is on a mission to teach the world that it isn't about where you come from, it's about the decisions you make today to catapult yourself to who you want to become. Justin has been named a top eight podcaster to watch in 2018 by Inc.com and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. What started as a way to connect with top people and inspire others has become a new way of life. Now, his podcast, The Growth Now Movement, is getting played in over 100 countries every single week, and he is able to make a greater impact than he could have ever imagined. He's speaking in front of organizations, and in fact, I got a chance to see him speak at a conference I went to recently, PodFest, and have gotten to know him quite a bit, and uh, he is an awesome guy. He's got a great story to share and a lot of great advice on podcasting, on creating content, on getting past fear, and building a personal brand. And we're going to talk about all of those things today. So here we go with Justin Shank. Justin, what's up? Welcome to the podcast, buddy. Andy, thanks for having me, man. I'm honored and, and just excited for the conversation. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on because uh, you are someone I look up to and admire in the podcasting community. I know you've done a lot of great things with your own show and with your business. Uh, I know you coach a lot of uh, high-end entrepreneurs and podcasters, and I've heard you on other shows. And of course, we've uh, had the opportunity to hang out twice at podcast conferences, podcast movement, and most recently, PodFest. So I've got a chance to get to know you a little bit. And uh, it's great to have you on here. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. You know, it's funny. Once you get into the podcast world, it becomes like, we're like family. And they kept talking about it at PodFest. And, and it's so true because I think when you live in this world where we sit here behind a microphone all the time, and yes, we have great conversations, but you feel alone. Right. And so when you go to these conferences, you feel like, okay, wait, hold on. There's other weirdos doing the same thing that I'm doing. So pay attention. And I found most of us, not all of us are super nice. And uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> and I'm glad we connected. I think podcast movement was an accident. I didn't even attend podcast movement. That's right. Um, because they shunned me as a speaker. So I was like, nope, not attending. <laughs> right. I remember that. Uh, but I went to, I think I went to two different VIP parties during that weekend or whatever. And, and uh, we were able to kind of bump into each other. So it was great. Yeah. We met uh, the last night, I think, at a, at a bar, one of the parties, and then, um, you know, kept in touch and got a chance to hang out at PodFest. And you're right. You realize there's a community, there's a family, there's a lot of people that are doing cool things that are helping each other. I learned so much from people like you and others. This is why I love going to those conferences. And, you know, if you are a just starting out in podcasting or you're a listener, you're a fan, it's a great place to connect with those people that you listen to that you really admire because they're just regular people hanging out. And I've gotten a chance to meet and hang out with people that I look up to and admire, you know, like you. Of course, we were hanging out with John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson. And, you know, you meet people like Cliff Ravenscraft and all these people that have been podcasting for a long time and they're just, they're just hanging out, which is, you know, so cool. 
Yeah. You know, it's a funny world when you're in it, you're like, Oh, we're just podcasters. And when you're out of it, people are like, Oh, wow. You're like a celebrity. At least I get that a lot because I interview a lot of celebrities and I've become friends with a lot of them. And like, I think the coolest thing for me about podcasting, when people ask me, I'm like, honestly, like if I had to give you the one answer, it's the fact that my nieces and nephews think I'm cool and that I'm famous, (laughs) like, which is not true by the way. Right. But neither of those, I'm not cool and I'm not famous, but it, you know, it creates this, this great opportunity for a lot of people. And I look at the people that I've been able to connect with. It's unreal, man. And if I didn't choose to hit record three years ago, I wouldn't be able to, right? And I wouldn't be able to do my live event and, and be have these amazing friends. And you know, I was watching an interview the other day with uh, Burt Kreischer is a podcast that I listen to. It's, it's one of my favorites. And he was interviewing Drew Lynch on his show. I introduced them. Like the reason Drew Lynch was on Burt's show is because I introduced them. Wow. And I'm going, this is crazy. Like this podcast that probably does probably 600,000 downloads an episode. And he's got a ton of views on YouTube. I'm like, I'm the connector of this. And like, it's, it's just a cool opportunity. And, and it's all because of podcasting. Oh man. And I want to, I want to get into the benefits of podcasting. Cause I, you know, have people tell me like, Oh, I read this book because you had this author on or something like that. Like you're, you're helping people possibly changing people's lives. But I want to go back and ask you why, why did you start your podcast? How did you get into podcasting? Yeah, man, it's a great question. So when I was 19 years old, I was selling Cutco knives, which you know, a lot of people have done it, but I actually happened to be pretty good at it. Became a manager and had some people working under me. And at the end of one of the summers, I had a kid come up to me and goes, and he said, "You know, Justin, he's like, I probably would have made more money working at McDonald's this summer, but because of you, I learned so much and I'm a better person because of it." And in that moment, I was like, "That's it. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. I want to kind of open their eyes to the possibility of what life has for them, especially if if they come from a place that doesn't have that opportunity built in, like me." And so. I was like, cool, let me, let me try and figure that out. And through my life, as I worked up the corporate ladder in different companies and all that stuff, um, I would start to try like different side hustles. And I, and I had a company uh, where I put together seminars and expos that focused on personal and professional growth here locally in Reading, Pennsylvania. And it was going well. Like They were growing you know, seminar after seminar and people were coming and I was making some money. And I took all that money and dumped it into a large business expo paid a speaker a lot of money to come speak. It was actually Bill Rancic, if you remember him. He was the winner of the first season of The Apprentice when the show was legit. Okay. And uh, we ended up selling three tickets to the event. So that ended up closing the doors of that company. And so I kind of lost the vehicle of helping people. And I didn't know where to find that. And so many years later, fast forward, I, I was working for a medical device company. And I was like, I need to, I need to fill this void. And I started the podcast because I was like, look, I might be able to learn some stuff connect with some people and hopefully one or two people listen around the world and, and hopefully it impacts them in some way, shape or form. So that was the longest answer to the easiest question. But it was really like this desire to, to hopefully give people that aha moment or allow people to realize that like it doesn't matter where you come from. What matters are the choices you're making today to create a better tomorrow. And, and so I was able to do that. And it took a long time to build an audience. But you know I've been fortunate enough that I've had a lot of great breaks. And you know I, I kind of figured out this podcasting space a little bit. That's great. And it gives you a vehicle to, to help more people, to inspire more people. And so is that why you chose this topic of growth? And, and were you worried that, hey, there are a ton of people already doing this? Or you know, did you feel like, I need to pick a particular niche in this? Like, how, did you, how did you decide where to go? So it was originally supposed to be an entrepreneurial podcast. And so when, when you look at the show early on, I had a co-host for the first 62 episodes. All those episodes are still up. They're terrible. Uh, But it was supposed to be an entrepreneurial podcast. And uh, five months before the show launched, my mom passed away. She had a a 20-year opioid battle in her life where it was like constantly relapsing and on and off. And and I saw some crazy stuff growing up and seeing her go through this. And 
she ended up losing the battle five months before we launched the show. And, you know, it was one of those moments in my life where I was like, there's just so much more to life than business and money. And so what you'll notice if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, my co-host was very business driven. And I was very like, how'd you overcome that? And, you know, how did you discover self-love? Because my mom's addiction wasn't, she wasn't addicted to the actual the pain pills, but what she was addicted to was feeling better about herself because she hated mm. it. And so it became like the self-love, overcoming adversity kind of story. Because I was, I was like, how do I get this out of people so I can then teach people how to do that themselves? Because dude, seeing that my whole life, for 20 years of my life, it was not fun. And I can't imagine what she felt and went through. And so hopefully I can help some people along the way. Yeah, that's interesting. And we have, I did not go through anything nearly as as tragic as that. But um, we have the similarities in that when I first started this podcast, it was all about entrepreneurship. But I found that I was so interested in people's stories and how they got over certain things and wanted to talk more about personal development and fear and what holds people back that I actually made a shift right after we met at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia and decided to make the show more about personal development and I couldn't decide what the heck to name it. So my friends convinced me to just call it the Andy Stewart Show. And uh, you know, here we are. Yeah. It's good to brand yourself that way. It's, it's good for personal branding. It's not good for anybody to actually find the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You kind of have that battle. But it's funny. You had also asked me, like, were you worried about getting into a space where there were so many podcasts that were like that? Here's the reality, dude. When I started three years ago, I knew nothing about podcasting. I didn't realize that it could be a business. I didn't realize that it could help businesses. Like everything that I teach now, I didn't know three years ago when I started. So I didn't know that there were so many podcasts out there. So I think it was like, I was so naive to the fact and that benefited me because I was just like, look, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to do this thing organically. I'm going to be myself. You know, I'm going to be authentic in everything that I do. And so I wasn't trying to copy anybody. I wasn't trying to be anybody else because I didn't realize that there was, was anybody else. I mean, I knew Lewis House, but I've known Lewis since his LinkedIn days, 2009. So I didn't really follow any podcasts, but now I've become a fan. Like I love Joe Rogan, love Burt Kreischer, all that stuff. But that's more on the comedy side, which I am not a comedy show. Sometimes I am by accident, but yeah. And then you, you said you started it with a co-host. Was it because you were friends and you had the same idea you want to do it? Was it because you didn't feel like you could do it on your own? Uh, and then I know you had a, a breakup later, right? Yeah, all the, all the above. So we were best friends, our best friends still. He owned that company with me that did the seminars and expos. Then actually came up in my time hop the other day where I was standing in front of a banner that had our company name and then underneath it said Growth Now Seminars. So the Growth Now came from all the way back then. So I started it with him, but there was also this fear of doing it myself and people judging me and failing. Like at least if we failed, it would be me and him failing, not just me. So it was like, I wish that I had launched originally on my own, but I was afraid. And so, you know, you bring everybody along to fail with you, and that's what we did for 62 episodes. Totally. And um, speaking of failure, I mean, I think you and I both probably agree that we often learn the most from those failures, right? And you said you had this started as a event company and you put on this big expo and had this big guest speaker come in and you sold three tickets, which I would imagine you'd probably categorize as a failure or at least something that did not go as planned. Yeah. yeah. And I'm planning on organizing my first conference this year. I know you've got a conference coming up. What are some big lessons you took away from that? Like, what do you, what do you pull from that experience? There was a ton, right? Like, so, but the main one for me was, you know, to understand your market, to understand what's your audience like, what do they want? And so this was back in, I don't even know the year, maybe 2009, 2010. So this is before like events were a thing, right? The only guy running events was Tony Robbins. Now everybody's doing it. We just talked about you doing one, me doing one. Right. Anybody can do events. I mean, you and I are doing them. So 
Come they're on. expensive. They're a lot of work. I don't recommend everybody do them. Yeah. But for me, it was like where I live in Reading, Pennsylvania, they weren't ready for it yet. They weren't ready for that type of thing. Like we were bought into this town was bought into the idea of like, well, you don't understand me. So how can I learn from you? How can you teach me if you're not from here? You're not raised in the same area. So my big takeaway from that is I shouldn't have paid a guy $15,000 to come speak. I should have got somebody locally to speak that was on a higher level that could understand the, the town a little bit more. So now what, what do I do? You know, 10 years later, I throw a massive event with billionaire speakers and hopefully people show up. Uh, so it's become, but obviously I have a different platform now. That was the biggest lesson is to understand your market from like a business standpoint, just understand your market. Yeah. And you know, you started your podcast and you know, I've been podcasting for a couple of years. We know there are thousands of people out there that that have podcasts, many tens of thousands that have started podcasts and and faded out because they didn't keep up with it, you know, the pod fade, mm-hmm. uh, they call it. So what was it that kept you going? And were you did you figure out the promotion angle early on or like how did this podcast grow to what it is? Yeah, I kept going because I enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the connections. I enjoyed getting to know people. So that's why I continued to go when nobody was listening. And every once in a while, I'd be like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't do this. And every single time I, I thought that to myself, I'd get a message from somebody randomly being like, oh, wow, you know, your show's really helped me or, or thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this episode. And so it was almost like the universe being like, no, do you just keep going? Like there's something at the end of this. But for me... It was the connection. And then you said you talked about like the branding and the platform and, and stuff like that. I did realize pretty early on that because your download numbers weren't public, I was just like, well, I can just create a platform, right? Yeah. And so what I started to do, and this is totally cheap of me, and I've never shared this publicly, but what I used to do is I would talk about the reach that the show would have. So I'd post something on Facebook and I'd boost it. I was like, yeah, this episode reached 15,000 people. But really, there was like 100 listens, right? Right. Um, but it was a platform builder. And then people started at, asking me to come in and speak about podcasting, asking me to come in and talk about business and talk about self-development and all these things because I've built that platform. And so I teach other people now to do that because the reality is this. There's 500,000 podcasts. 220,000 podcasts started in 2018. So, and only 28% of Americans are listening. So the, yeah. the odds of somebody breaking out and doing thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads per episode is very, very rare now. You shouldn't stop, right? Even if you have 100 downloads an episode, you shouldn't stop. Because like I say to like people, I'm like, look, if you're a public speaker and I guaranteed you a room full of 100 people that were listening to every single word every week, would you show up? Yeah. The answer is yes. Absolutely. So why wouldn't you show up? There's somebody out there that needs to hear your message. But you know, find other ways to, to monetize. Find other ways to build that platform. Because the reality is, you know, not everybody's going to become Lewis House, John Lee Dumas, Joe Rogan. Right. Or Justin Schneck. But yeah, dude, I wish I was on their level for real. <laughs> but you're up there and and the marketing is such an important angle because you can create the best content out there, but if you don't market it, people are not going to find it. It's going to get lost in the noise like you said, 220,000 podcasts started in 2018. Like how is anybody going to find yours if you're not able to figure out a good way to to market it and, and get more people to listen? Yeah. And it's funny that you, you brought that up. Like actually, right before we hopped on this call, I was scrolling through Facebook feed and I saw some guy go, Hey, what do you think about my new podcast logo? And it was terrible. So of course, me being me, I sent him a message. I was like, Hey, I know you said you're on a really tight budget and you got to do this yourself. I go, go on Fiverr, pay somebody 35 bucks and get it, get this different. And I actually, I told him what it should look like. So this is, yeah. <laughs> this is what I do. Like people pay me for that information, but I was like, no, this guy needs my help because I don't want people throwing up crap, man. Because what happens when you throw up crap is that you are going to die. You are going to fade out. Like your, your branding and your marketing is on point. Your show is really good. 
that's a rarity. Yeah. That doesn't happen that often, right? And like you said, you, you know, you've done over 100 episodes. You get better as you go. But when you start, you're terrible. I mean, that's just the facts. Definitely. But like, if you're listening to this right now and you want a podcast, make sure you do it the right way. Spend the money, invest in the show, and understand that at the end of the day, it'll pay you back tenfold. Like, I guarantee it. Whether that's in, in the heart or in the wallet, it will pay you back in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have done some things myself, especially when I started out. But now, you know, when I launched this show, I hired a graphic artist from Upwork and paid her like $30. And she created a great logo that I never would have been able to do myself. I have a professional editor now. And he does a much better job than I ever did when I was doing it myself. And, you know, to the extent you can afford it, if you want people to listen, it's got to sound pretty decent, pretty professional. It doesn't have to be, you know, NPR podcast or something like that, but it's got to sound pretty good. Now, so for people that are listening and thinking, okay, I might want to start a podcast or create some type of content, I've got a lot of good stuff, but I'm just so afraid of putting that stuff out there, right? Because judgment, right? Mm -hmm. People are going to look at my stuff and go, well, that's crap. That's not as good as what Andy or Justin does, or that's not as good as this other guy's stuff over here. Why are you even putting that out there? Like, what do you say to people that start out with that very common fear when creating content of what they're going to hear from their friends or follow other people? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I would say is like, it's not supposed to be like Andy's or Justin's, right? It's supposed to be like yours. Yeah. Like you are supposed to show up in the way that you're supposed to show up. So there's a guy that was on my show. He's actually over my shoulder right now. If you're watching a video, his name is Preston Smiles. And him and I were talking and, and he said, at any given point, there are 75,000 people that need to hear your message specifically from you. Whether that's your business message, your life message, whatever the case may be, but that's just facts based off of the amount of people in the world. And I actually asked him the same exact question, which was, what would you say to somebody who is afraid to share their, their message, afraid to share their knowledge? He got real serious and he goes, I tell them that they're selfish because there's people that are going to benefit from this. So why would you not share it? Like, I don't care how you're putting it out there, dude. Like my show was complete crap when I first started, but there were people that were diehard about being every week in the beginning when I sucked. Yeah. So, and obviously I've gotten better and the audience has grown. But the thing is like, if I didn't do that, there are people out there that have reached out to me and said, because of your show, I decided not to kill myself. Wow. Like, think about that, right? Yeah. I think it's happened three times now. So there are three people who are still alive because I decided to hit record when I still suck. That's powerful. I mean, I've had people tell me that because of my show, um, they weren't that bored on their commute to work. But, uh, <laughs> yo, that's serving a purpose, man. <laughs> or they felt better about themselves. No, I get some really nice messages sometimes from people that, uh, have told me like how much they appreciate the, the content I'm putting out there and what it's done for them and how it's inspired them. And it's because of that, I don't care as much about the download numbers or likes or whatever on, on social media. I care about that one or two messages I get a week or whatever it is mm -hmm. that is like, Hey, you made a difference for me. You know, you helped me get over this or that. And, you're also absolutely right. I've learned about that idea of people needing to hear the message from you because I've also learned... I mean, there's really not that many original thoughts, ideas out there, right? It's a lot of people yeah. repurposing things. Like I hear all the time uh, in personal development on books and podcasts and people talking about this idea of like, you need to visualize what you want to achieve and then go out and set goals and, and, and go do that and like tell yourself that you can do it. And some people like act like it's their idea. And I'm like, dude, Napoleon Hill wrote that in 1932 or whatever with Think and Grow Rich. Like you're just repurposing it, which is cool yeah. because a lot of people aren't going to read Think and Grow Rich, right? Or it's not going to resonate. 
But by, by the way, before that, I'm pretty sure it was Jesus that said it and it's in the Bible. Right. It could be. So success, there is a, there's a format to success. And so it's a specific blueprint that everybody has kind of, kind of written. Right. But I'd rather listen to Ed Milet than Tony Robbins. Right. Same shit. But like, I'd rather listen to Ed than Tony because of how he delivers it, because of what his purpose is behind that message or that mission. Right. I also realize right now that I talk a lot with my hands. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, totally, man. Like it's, it's all the same stuff. I try my best to, to put out new stuff that other people aren't talking about. And you know what's funny, man? Like I've, there's actually been two people now that have started businesses based off of what I taught them for free. And I'm like, I mean, it kind of pisses me off because I actually have people pay me for that information, but I, I help them out of the kindness of my heart. But you know, it's, it happens in everything. Right. Yep. And you have an opportunity to impact people and, and people need to hear it Different people, different styles are going to resonate. You know, I love listening to Gary Vee and I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, listening to Gary Vee. There's a lot of people that find him to be arrogant and can't stand him, right? Mm-hmm. But they might hear me talk about the same kind of thing with my spin on it and how it's helped me in my life and go, whoa, I need to also think about, I don't not live my life for somebody else and live my life for me. Exactly. A hundred percent. And it's all about who you are and, and how you're delivering it. It's not necessarily what you're saying because like it's how humans absorb information. Yeah. Like people are listening to this right now and they're going, Oh, these guys are saying some good stuff. There's probably 40 other guests that talked about something similar on your show. Sure. Right. But I, it's, it's how I'm saying it. It's my cadence. It's whatever that's hitting somebody's ear. It's not the words. Yeah. What's your take on how to go about building a personal brand? I mean, this is something that I've been working on, follow some people on. And I think everybody, especially if you're an entrepreneur, or some type of content creator, you hear the value of this now. Like we're in 2019, we need to be thinking about developing our personal brand. Like what's your, what's your advice on that? Yeah, man, um, that's, that's a great question. And my take on it is probably a little bit different than most. So like I built a personal brand for other people, not for myself. I didn't think this was going to be a business. Like I literally started this as a side thing to, to fill my soul. I didn't think it was going to be a business and it just took off that way. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I want to reach more people. How do I do that? Well, I had to build a personal brand. I had to kind of grow my name and my platform, but I did it for other people. And so that you see a lot of people growing these brands and it's very, even though it looks like they're trying to help other people, it's very self-driven. Like you can kind of start to read through the, the mess that they're typing or whatever the case may be. Like, let's take my event for, for example, right? It's to build obviously a movement. It's to continue to grow this movement that I'm, I'm doing right now. Yeah. But I'm literally going to be on the stage for probably a total of 20 minutes throughout the whole entire day. Like the event is not about me. The event is about the audience. The event is about the people that are showing up for them to learn, for them to impact. Now, in return, does that help my brand? A thousand percent. Totally. Association. You put it together. Exactly. But it's not a look at me show, which that's what a lot of people with these personal brands do. Like everybody's asking me, "Are are you giving a talk? I'm like, well, I'll be talking, but I'm not giving like it's not about me. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you have to understand something. Like, I don't want all eyes on me. I want the people that are there to grow. Yeah. And then in turn, yes, it grows my business. It grows my personal brand. But that's, that's the payoff for worrying about somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. So being authentic and spreading that message. So what are some of the keys when you are working with people, you're working with your coaching clients and helping them build their personal brands and their followings. What are some of the, the key things that you... Uh, I know you, you people pay for that. But you occasionally give some advice for free. So, uh, you know, I'm looking for some free advice here. How, what can I do to build my personal brand? Uh, consistency is key. The omnipresent feel where you're everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, your email, all that stuff. But for me, what I've realized is showing up consistently is, is super key. 
meaning like, okay, well, well, what's your, what's your brand strategy? Like, what are you doing every day on the different platforms? Like, what are you sharing out? And obviously consistency in your look too, right? So if you look at any of the big brands, like I work with Natalie Jill, who's a fitness expert. First thing she came to me, she goes, okay, cool. Like you're going to be my podcast guy, blah, blah, blah. And she literally sent me a link of the color she uses her, for her brands, the font she uses for her brands, the photos she uses for her brands. And she goes, make it look good. But she knew that it's about the consistency in colors and fonts and all these things, right? Yeah. I think more than anything, it's just consistency across all platforms. That's probably number one. Number two, it's also consistency in, in how much you're showing up in front of people. I just reached out to somebody who uh, has been on my show, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I reached out to her and I mentioned something about my event. And she goes, I know nothing about your event. Like, how do you not know about my event? Like Everything I post right now on social media is about my event. It's been since August of this last year about my event. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, I just didn't see anything. And I'm like, that's crazy. So that's why when we feel like we're being annoying, yeah, we're not because people aren't seeing our stuff, man, especially on Facebook. That's a load of crock. Instagram's a lot better. Yeah. But yeah, like it's about you have to show up and almost feel like you're the one being annoying because not everybody is seeing everything you post. Yeah. And I tell, uh, and I think you even maybe touched on that in your talk that you gave at PodFest, which was really great. I took a ton of notes uh, and it was about growing your, your podcast and your brand and getting great guests. And you talked about getting your guests to promote the show. And I've started to talk about that with my guests, like why you can and should post about the episode twice or even three times. Because the first time you posted, most of your contacts weren't on that day. Right, they didn't see it. Right. So when you do it two or three times, they're not like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this guy keeps posting about this." Because right, I have that feeling when I'm putting stuff out multiple times sometimes, but it doesn't bother me when I see other people do it because I know how social media works, and I know I can just scroll on by if I've already seen it and I don't care. Yeah, and like, and so here's here's what I do, and, and I'll, I'll go back to my event again. So like, I announced all the speakers, and I said to myself, "Well, how do I keep talking about the speakers without feeling like I'm just retreading the same information?" So I started to do on my Instagram, which then shares over to my Facebook, a GNM live speaker fact. Mm. And so every time I share, I'll share out the same image, but the facts are different. So like I just shared out. So Fabio Viviani is one of the keynote speakers from, from America's Top Chef. And I go, you all know Fabio from America's Top Chef, aka giving him that big ring, like, hey, you should show up and pay attention. But then going, but what you don't realize is in 2017 to 2018, he doubled his businesses by from 100 million to 200 million. And they're projecting in 2019, 500 million. So as an entrepreneur, do you think you can learn something from him? Yes. I think I could. Yeah. Yeah. So come learn from him in person, right? And so I was doing that across the board. And I said, you know, uh, with Sarah Centrella, who's the manifestation expert, I'm like, you all know her as the best-selling author, Hustle, Believe, Receive. Did you know she has shared stages with Ed Milet, Grant Cardone, and Tony Robbins? No, you probably didn't know that. Well, why wouldn't you come see her in a smaller venue in Reading, Pennsylvania? Yeah. So I found ways to repurpose the look but then change up the dialogue. And so that way I'm not retreading and people go, oh shit, I didn't know this person was speaking, even though I've talked about her four times already. Right. Oh, I like that. I like that. And you know, the omnipresent thing uh, is cool. I think I first heard that when I was reading uh, a book, The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, you just mm -hmm. mentioned, and he talked about wanting to be omnipresent. And I was like, I'm going to do that too. So I just started posting more consistently, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn every day. And now I see people at events, they're like, man, you are everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, that's my goal, you know, and I don't want to do it in an annoying way. I'm trying to always add value to help people. But for those that are connected with me, that's kind of what I want. But also, again, in a valuable and authentic way, because and I know you said that at the end of your talk, that the key to all of this holding it all together is 
be authentic. And so that's that's big for me. And can you talk a little bit more about that? Because there are a lot of people that are just trying to do stuff and they go too far and they're not really being themselves. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, if you're a, if you're a fraud, people are going to know. You might make some money. You might be able to build a little bit of a following, but it'll all crumble. There's no way in hell you can sustain fake. It's impossible. You know, and I had mentioned two people kind of stole my information and they're making businesses out of it. But one guy's a complete fraud. The reality is like he's not going to be able to sustain that. So he is burning himself out trying to be somebody he is not. Yeah. And so that's frustrating, right? So like, why would you even show up and get so tired about being fake? You know how stressful that is? Like to be somebody that you're not. Like I remember talking when I still had a full-time job and I was doing the podcast. I remember talking about like, oh, I'm a podcaster, but I felt like a fraud and it was exhausting. Yeah. Like, well, no, I'm not just a pod. Like, you know what I mean? And But that's too much to explain. And so if I'm in this world, I'm talking about podcasting. If I was in this world, I was talking about medical sales. Like it was just, that's what it was. And so I think more than anything is like, Dude, if, if you're being fake, like you're, you're exhausting yourself. Right. What's the point? And you're not reaching the people that need to hear you. So if you show up in your authentic self, people go, hey, this guy's a little weird, but I kind of like it. Cool. That's the people that need to be listening to you. Like whoever finds you when you're showing up as your authentic self, like that's, the, that's your tribe. That's the people that you need to be a part of. Like they talk about your thousand true fans, right? That's all you need. Yeah. Like, but we live in this fake world of like, oh, I've got a million followers on social media. Yeah, well, you bought 75% of them. Congratulations. Right. That does nothing. That does nothing. So might as well show up. And like, I, you know, I talk a lot about like, I think that me being who I am and, and being humble and being honored. And, you know, I say humbled and honored probably too much, but, but it's how I feel all the time. Like, I don't feel like I deserve the success that I have. I don't feel like I've done anything to warrant it. Like, I've just shown up. Yeah. And the things have happened. So I am humbled and honored. But what I realized is when I show up in that manner, let's bring it back to social media and business. When I show up in that manner, my interaction on social media is insane. Mm. And I'll give you an example. I was, I was just recently listed as a top 16 entrepreneur who can inspire you. And I was like, that's crazy for me because all of a sudden it's not about podcasting, right? Yeah. Because that's kind of what I've, my business is podcasting. So people want, it, want my brain for that. But like, I was like, wow. Like, that's kind of what I've been trying to do. And I, I was truly like taken back. Like, I was like, oh, my, like, my eyes kind of watered up when I read it. And I knew, I knew two other guys on the list and all three of us shared it out on social media. Yep. They got about 20 likes. I shared it out and wrote how humbled and honored I was and et cetera, et cetera. And I got like 200 something likes, 50 something comments. That's the power of authenticity. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get to where you want to go, but it's going to sustain. It's going to continue to grow. Whereas if you show up and you're fake, it might pop, but it's not going to continue to grow. It's not going to sustain. It's not sustainable. People are going to find out. It's not. You know, like, I've been podcasting for three years. Like This didn't happen overnight. Right. You know, Before my first ever recognition or accolade, my sister being like, oh, good show. <laughs> it was a, over a year and a half in. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. just show up as yourself and I promise you, it will pay off. If you want to get spiritual, the universe will reward you uh, by putting out the right stuff in an authentic way. I love that. And I, and I appreciate that, you know, as someone who's on the journey as well, uh, almost two years in and uh, starting to see the momentum that's coming from things and how it is helping me. And, you know, I'm always humbled and honored too. I mean, just today, I've released a, a lead magnet on my other podcast, the second one time I've done that. And somebody downloaded it at like 6am. And I'm like, 
what? <laughs> Who is listening to my podcast like right away? It wasn't me. I was still sleeping. It was not. No, it was not you. But um, <laughs> I'm still shocked. That's awesome. Uh, I really am. So I want to get to the event, the Growth Now Movement Live. So this is your first big event that you are hosting uh, based off the podcast and everything you've been doing. So tell me about this. Why this event? Why now? Yeah, man. So the now is because it was time. So I actually tried to do this over a year ago before I was ready. Okay. And I actually got together a bunch of... Uh, in my town, we have some really cool entrepreneurs that are extremely successful, but they're real quiet about it. And I got them... And I happen to know a lot of them. So I got them all together and picked their brain. And they're like, yeah, you're not ready. And obviously, that's why I did it, right? I wanted them to tell me I'm not. Because this time, I, I collected nobody. <laughs> but yeah, so Growth Now Movement Live, man. When, you know, when I look at my show, the first two and a half years was about growth for me. It was about growth for anybody listening. It was about becoming a better person, living in our truth, living a better life, being happy. And I accomplished that. Like I, I live happy every single day. Am I where I, where I want to be ultimately? No, not yet, but I will be, right? And so it was growth now for a while. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now it's time to, to build this movement. And it's a movement of people who know that there's something better. Even if they're happy today, we still have something to grow into. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so how do we really do that? We do that by connecting with the right people, learning from the masters, building relationships. And so I've formed Growth Now Movement Live. And, and that's really to continue to build this, this movement of people who are into this idea that living in consistent growth creates consistent happiness, which is what we're all striving for. And so I have, I have seven incredible speakers who are massive entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities. But the neat part of what I'm doing at this event is I've invited 20 movement makers. So these are people that have been on my show who've impacted my life in some way, shape, or form. We're talking top-ranked podcasters. We're talking millionaire mentors. We're talking Bellator MMA fighters. These people are going to be in the room to be a part of this event along with everybody attending. Because I found going to these events and learning is great. And I, I love learning and then implementing. You know, I love the high that we get off of these events. Yep. But the true power in these events are, are, are powerful relationships. And I know that the movement makers that I've, that I've invited are there to give, there to create those relationships with people who, are, who have that like forward thinking momentum. Yeah. Even if they're not quite there yet, right? I just want to help. And I want to continue this thing to grow. And people are like, well, why in Reading, Pennsylvania? Like that's, that's probably your next question. Why in Reading? You can do it anywhere. Definitely. I know it's where you live, right? But still. It's where I live, right? But it's hard to get to. It's not easy. If you fly in, it's then an hour drive from any airport. Yeah. But I'm honored for the fact that people are coming from 10 states in Canada right now to attend. And when you come, it'll be 11 states in Canada because nobody's part of yet. That's right. <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. When you look at my life, and, and part of what I didn't share was, you know, my junior year of high school had a 1.7 GPA. So I joke about how if there's a senior superlative for least likely to succeed, that would be me. Because at the same time of that 1.7 GPA where I'm like, I'm not getting into college, uh, my mom was in the middle of her opioid addiction and my dad was in jail. And so people looked at me and they were probably like, that kid's got no shot. Right. There's no hope. Just statistically. Statistically, I was going to end up in jail or on drugs. Right. Which neither I've done yet. Who knows? Good. <laughs> but I look at, I, when I look at Reading, you know, people even ask me, why do you still live there? But when I look at Reading, people go, that city's got no shot. And I want to be a part of that growth of this city to say it does have a shot. And this is going to hopefully be a pivot point for business within the city. We're fortunate enough that it's actually at the double tree in Reading, which is actually the number one double tree in the world. Kind of crazy to think about. It's a beautiful, it should be rated four stars, but because it's labeled a double tree, they can't give it four stars, which is kind of crazy. But the amenities are insane. The hotel is amazing. And to kind of bring all that together for the first great focal point in the city, what I feel is an event that's never happened like this year in Reading before, I just want to be a part of its growth. And so that's why Reading and that's why now, that's why this event's happening. 
Man, that's a great reason to throw on an event. Uh, and it sounds like there are going to be some really great speakers, some great movement makers there, some great connections. Who should come to this event? Any other reasons why they should come? Is it entrepreneurs? Is it content creators? Who are you targeting? All of that, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm describing this event as a day-long rock concert for entrepreneurs, forward thinkers, and people looking to level up in all areas of their life. So if you're somebody who is an entrepreneur and want to learn business, that's for you. If you're somebody who's picked up a self-development book and read two pages, this is for you. Like It's for anybody who does not want to settle in the life that they're living right now. And look, first of all, if you're listening to this, you're not this person. But you know, if you're listening and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm actually content this event is not for you. Hmm. Because this event will push you to think bigger. This event will force you to take action. And so if you're content, cool, go be content. I applaud you. I love that. Yeah. But majority of the people aren't. So if you're ready to level up, if you're ready to grow in all areas of your life, because I have relationship experts speaking, I have business experts speaking, I have health experts speaking. If you're ready to level up in all areas of your life, this is for you. Nice. It's interesting you use that word content because I, I often tell people, uh, you know, everyone has a different definition of success, right? And for me, it's being happy with your life now and, and living with no regrets. And so I consider myself to be pretty successful in that way because I am very happy with my life. I love my life right now. But am I content with where I am in that Could I, I would stop here? And I guess the answer would be no, because I know there is so much more that I can accomplish, so much more to do, so many great people to meet, so much more to learn. And so I love going to events like this. And it's, so you're, you're definitely speaking to me. It sounds like a pretty awesome event to be at. Yeah, I mean, I have a very similar definition of success as well. It's just about being happy. But I also believe there's happiness in continuous growth and continuous learning. True. Yeah. Tony Robbins says all fulfillment comes from growth, pretty much. Yeah. What What is not growing is dead. Yeah. So if you're not growing, like, cool. Like, I again, I, I honor you for being that person. But I, that just doesn't fill me up, man. And And my goal is to live happy. I don't need money. I don't need cars. I don't need women and a huge house, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I do fine. But at the same time, it's like, I just want to be happy, you know? Yep. And so if I can create that every day for other people, cool. Let's do that. Let's do that together. I love it. All right. So for anybody listening that wants to find out more about this event, follow you, where do they go? When's the event? Yeah, man. So the event's May 31st in Reading, Pennsylvania. They can go to gnmlive.com uh, and get their tickets. There's actually, as of this recording, there's only 45 tickets left. So people definitely want to grab them as soon as possible. My goal, my goal has always been to, to sell it out before May 1st. That way, there's a whole month where I'm like, okay, at least I know it's sold out. Yeah, you can rest. Yeah, exactly. I can take, take a breather. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. But gnmlive.com, make sure they head over there, grab those tickets. And um, I'm excited to just meet with people and hopefully help them reach that next level. Awesome. And I think you're GMN Live on Instagram and other social media uh, places as well. I'm GNM Podcast on social. GNM Podcast. So if they want to connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, it's GNM Podcast. I respond to messages. I help where I can. Like I said, I reached out to that guy on Facebook, even though he didn't directly ask me. Um, <laughs> so if I can help anybody in any way, please reach out and let me know. Awesome. Justin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your experience and wisdom on the podcast. It's been uh, greatly valuable to me. And I hope it has been to our listeners as well. I'm grateful for you coming on. So thank you so much. Andy, thank you so much, man. I'm glad we connected. I'm glad we're friends. Heck yeah. All right. Peace out. 